Welcome back to the Black Madonna Speaks with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. Thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with me. And for those who have subscribed, thank you. And please share the podcast with your friends and family. I want to give a special thanks to my Patreon supporters, especially Linda Rhineschild, Gerilyn Brousseau, Hetian Grobler, and Jennifer Johnson Lee, whose sustained generosity and patience these past several years have made my writings as well as this podcast possible. I want to give special thanks to William Piper, Karen Madison, and Paul Bloom, who have joined as new patrons on Patreon this month. Welcome, and I look forward to sharing this journey of the soul with you. For this episode, we will be exploring a Black Madonna of the Americas. As is true with so many other Black Madonnas in the world, this Caribbean Madonna has much to do with the history of the land where she is located. The Black Madonna of Trinidad has several names, not only because she has numerous titles, but because this Madonna is sacred to several traditions, Hindu, Native, and Catholic, to be specific. The Madonna of Trinidad is known as the Miracle Mother, the Divine Shepherdess, La Divina Pastora, Sipari, Supra Mai, and last but not least, the Black Madonna. We will come to see that many of the Black Madonnas of the Americas and the Pacific Islands, similar narratives. They survive shipwrecks or mysteriously wash ashore, no ship with which to credit their passage. Most Black Madonnas in Latin America are brought with missionaries but several miraculously appear, and some are imprinted into stone after appearing to individuals, often native children. Trinidad, part of the famous Trinidad and Tobago, has a rich, complex, and all too often tragic history. Unfortunately, Trinidad's history is similar to most of the Americas in general, specifically for the last 500 or so years. In order to understand this Madonna, we need to explore Trinidad's varied and multicultural past, as the Miracle Mother reflects the nation's turbulent history. We will come to see this history and how it, the Black Madonna is currently celebrated and is also a model for the new beloved community we are so in need of in our times of great polarization. Cipria, where the Miracle Mother is housed at La Divina Pastora Catholic Church, is a town in southern Trinidad. The name Cipria means city of sand. The region was originally inhabited by the Caribs and the Arawaks, the indigenous peoples of the Caribbean. Trinidad, as an island, is credited as being the earliest human-inhabited island in all the Caribbean, with archaeological evidence of Homo sapiens dating back to 7,000 BC. 
the original peoples, were considered to have migrated to the island from South America, specifically the area now known as Venezuela. The Arawakan-speaking peoples were the Napoya and Supoya. The Carib-speaking peoples were the Yao. Christopher Columbus encountered the island on his third voyage to the Americas in 1498. He named it La Isla de la Trinidad, or the Island of the Trinity, which ultimately was shortened to Trinidad. The island became part of the Spanish territories of South America until the French claimed it in the late 1700s. Of note is that Sir Walter Raleigh landed on Trinidad's shores in 1595 in search of El Dorado. During the 1600s, European occupiers from the Netherlands, Britain, and even Latvia, of all places, came to farm the land on the strategic island. The main crops were sugarcane, indigo, and cacao. Rum was also a major export from Trinidad. Sugar and slaves went hand in hand, and many souls were forcibly imported from Africa to tend to the plantations a combination of oppression and the introduction of European diseases nearly wiped out the native population of the island, which is why the African slaves were introduced. Africans have a natural immunity to malaria and could withstand the physical challenges the Europeans could not. In 1687, the Catholic Catalan Capuchin friars were given Trinidad by the Spanish King Charles II. The Capuchins were given land in something called Ecomianda, a Spanish labor system that gave conquerors of lands wherever Spanish imperialist expansion occurred, the land of the natives, and the so-called right to the natives' labor a.k.a. slavery, of the inhabitants. The Capuchins were to convert the locals and established several missions, but due to lack of clergy, as we said, most Europeans died upon emigrating due to things like malaria and other tropical diseases that they were not immune to, the missions were handed over to lay missionaries in 713. The French arrived in 1779 due to a free trade agreement between Spanish territory and France. Charles III of Spain was keen on increasing trade and needed both workers, slaves, as well as landowners to do the job. He established in 1783 a cédula de Pebliasson for French immigrants meaning Roman Catholic French immigrants, which granted free land, tax exemption, plus extra acreage for each slave brought along. All of this was for the asking if the French nationals would swear allegiance to the Spanish king. When I first learned this, I thought, wow, homesteading in Trinidad in 1783. Of course, no one thought to ask the natives what they thought of this idea. Since this action happened right before the French Revolution, the French Revolution being known to many Europeans as the Age of Terror, 
Many French sought refuge from the chaos by crossing the Atlantic, increasing the population of Trinidad as well as improving the economy. The program was so successful and Trinidad's economy so robust that the British thought it would benefit them greatly to take over Trinidad and make it part of their empire, especially after the stinging loss of the American colonies up north. In 1797, the British did what they do best. They took over Trinidad and made it a crown colony. The slave trade flourished during this time as part of the sugar, rum, slave, and gun economy of the era. In 1833, slavery was abolished in the British Empire and slaves were emancipated. This put a dent in the economy now that laborers had to be paid and a system of apprenticeship that we would now recognize as indentured servitude was established. The Portuguese also had a presence on the island from the 1830s onward, but were not involved with slavery or indentured servitude as landowners and traders. After emancipation, African slaves refused to work for free on the plantations. These people moved off the land and into the cities, creating a major agricultural labor shortage. New labor pools had to be sought, so the British created systems of indentured servitude from the Philippines, China, and India. It's somewhat depressing to me learning this history and seeing how little has really changed in the last several hundred years regarding agricultural labor practices. The Southeast Asian Indians were the largest ethnic group to take advantage of this scheme. And this is how the Hindu religion was introduced into Trinidad. Indentured Indians began making pilgrimages to Siparia probably soon after they arrived in Trinidad between 1845 and 1917. During that time, nearly 440,000 indentured laborers came to this land, almost 85% of them Hindus and 14% Muslims. As you can imagine, not everything was smooth sailing during this time, and many uprisings and conflicts ensued between the British and the various groups working for the landowners. Petroleum was discovered on the island in 1857 and is the basis for Trinidad's current economy. Unfortunately, not all the inhabitants of Trinidad benefit from this resource, and deforestation is a major issue for the environment. The British officially took over the territory in 1889, subsequently granting Trinidad and Tobago independence in 1962. Trinidad is sometimes called the Rainbow Island in recognition of its cultural and religious diversity. Vibrant communities originate from the indigenous people, East Indians, Africans, and Europeans, with religions to match. Trinidad is home to Muslims, Hindus, Protestants, Catholics, Jews, and followers of the Amerindian and Chinese religions. The miracle mother of Trinidad reflects Trinidad's interfaith tradition in that she is venerated by Catholics, Hindus, and the indigenous 
Warayo people. The origins of this painted wooden statue are not known. Earliest records in the local Catholic Church archives tell of a Spanish priest who arrived from Venezuela in the early 1800s with the Black Madonna, reporting that she had saved his life. Other sources report that the image came with the Capuchin friars from Venezuela in the late 1750s. A related story states that a ship carrying a group of Spanish Capuchins in the 1870s was wrecked while passing through the channel between Trinidad and the mainland. The only survivor clung to the bow of the boat. When washed ashore at Quinnum Bay, he saw that the figurehead on the bow was the image, which is now known as the Miracle Mother. Other legends tell how the statue was the prow of a warayo canoe, while another tale says the image represents an Amerindian girl who saved a Catholic priest's life. In a tradition that some of my listeners to the Black Madonna Speak podcast may recognize, only as a Caribbean version, say that the Warayo fleeing persecution from a warrior tribe brought the statue to Trinidad and laid her in a forest, where later they searched unsuccessfully for it. This story is similar to how Spanish and French monks hid black Madonnas from invading Arabs as well as French revolutionary soldiers. Later, when the Black Madonna of Trinidad was recovered, she was brought to the Cipria mission. Still other tales locate the statue's origins in Trinidad itself, again in stories familiar to many other Black Madonnas throughout the world. Several claim that she was discovered in the ground by a woman working on a plantation and that it bled when it was accidentally nicked with a hoe. Other versions of the story have the Madonna being found by men hacking away at sugarcane. Many believe Cipria Mai, the mother of miracles, was born from the sand of Cipria. The name of the town, if you will recall, is the city of sand. In each of these origin narratives, the Black Madonna of Trinidad springs immediately to life from the earth itself. The image is called by numerous names and titles, as we have said before, which reflect the multicultural population of Trinidad. The Divine Shepherdess, or La Divina Pastora, the Black Madonna, the Madonna Murti, which is Sanskrit for form or statue, Sipari or Suparimai, Sanskrit for Mother of Sipariya, Kali, a Hindu goddess whose name means black, the patron saint of Cipria, and my personal favorite, the Miracle Mother. The statue is in the form of a bust on wooden struts with jointed arms that can be moved. This gives the impression of a fully figured statue when dressed in one of her many costumes. The Mother of Miracles stands two and a half feet high and is made of African cedar, a dark reddish wood, which is covered with a thin layer of smoothed and painted plaster. 
Only the face and hands show when the statue is dressed, and they have been painted a brown color, which gives her an indigenous as well as Southeast Asian Indian appearance. The statue also has shiny black hair, which makes her look familiar to natives and Indians alike. She has a shepherd's staff in her right hand, and this staff possesses healing powers of its own. Her clothing is full of significance to her devotees, and every year she receives a number of new dresses as gifts. Dressing the statue has become highly ritualized and is performed by designated altar ladies in the sacristy of the church. It is of note that no men are allowed in this process. In fact, legend has it that one man tried to take a peek and was struck blind because of his infraction. Hindu veneration of the statue is recorded as early as 1871, and the statue is also sacred to the Warayo people of the Orinoco Delta. The Chinese who immigrated to Trinidad also found the Black Madonna familiar and recognized her as Quan Yin, the Chinese mother goddess of compassion and healing. This group initially brought the statue gifts of tapestries, vases, and lamps. As soon as the Chinese immigrants adopted Catholicism, such practices faded away. The Christian feast day of La Divina Pastora, the Miracle Mother, occurs on this third Sunday after Easter. Locals dress her in white and adorn her with flowers as she leads a procession throughout Cipuria. On the Thursday and Friday before Easter, recognized as Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday by Christians, Hindus come to her shrine offering flowers, rice, oil, and jewelry, while taking collections to help the poor. During this time, both Hindus and Christians celebrate together, raise funds, and have donation drives for the less fortunate in a cross-cultural event known as Sipari Mai and La Divina Pastoral Festivals. Every year, on her feast day, a procession follows the High Mass at La Divina Pastora Roman Catholic Church in Siparia. At mid-morning, the image is paraded through the streets of the town with the statue dressed in new clothes. It is carried on the roof of a car so that huge crowds can see it from a distance. Large feasts are enjoyed after the procession, and everyone from any religion, tradition, or ethnicity is welcomed. The Mother of Miracles is a well-known for her many healings and answered prayers. Most of her devotees are mothers and women hoping to become pregnant. Others also pray to her so their children will be strong and healthy. All who come to her believe their prayers will be answered, and judging from her name, such belief is founded on a proven record of miracle working. While the history of the Americas and the Caribbean is a tragic one in terms of the violation of natives and the importation of slaves and indentured servants, all for the sake of luxuries such as sugar, rum, chocolate, and precious metals. One of the positive outcomes 
is the coming together of many different peoples and cultures. The essence of the Christ impulse is the universal quality of humanity, that we are all equal in the eyes of the Creator. While humans may forget this cosmic law for material gain, it is still an ideal we strive for in the Americas, and the rest of the world for that matter. I am touched at how this Madonna is symbolic for so many different cultures to who come to her. She may be recognized and called by different names, but she is seen by everyone as a compassionate mother who heals. It is striking to me how some of her stories are so similar to her European sisters of being found underground, associated with water, hidden for safekeeping. She heals, she comforts, she is compassionate, she delivers. That Hindus and Christians celebrate together bringing compassion and mercy to the less fortunate in her name, all with great festivity and delicious food, is something we can all emulate. For me, this Madonna is an inspiring example of how people can come from different traditions and heritages and still coexist in joy and celebration together. In our current era, with so much strife, specifically between religions and races, where we are being torn apart because of our differences. The Black Madonna of Cipria is a paragon of interfaith cooperation and joyful religious coexistence. The Mother of Miracles is truly a miracle that she inspires the beloved community to be a reality even after such suffering and injustice. I've never been to the Caribbean, but someday I hope to visit Trinidad and witness this inspiring artistic image that is truly a healing beacon of hope and endurance. Until next time, I wish you many blessings on your journey.